Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Mike Namoff, who's a longtime uh, champagne businessman who I've gotten to know through baseball. Uh, first of yes. all, Mike, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, well, before we start talking about baseball, uh, probably a lot of people are kind of like me. They, they knew of you before they knew you. I knew you because of the uh, uh, commercials you did for uh, This Is It Furniture, the downer, 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 and then the, the free onion with, uh, with every purchase. So uh, you were kind of thinking outside of the box though on some of your advertising back then, weren't you? Yeah, you know, that all came from, um, you know, downer, downer, downer is a crazy story. Well, first of all, I'm still doing stuff. I got a store called Big Mike's. And now I'm doing charity events all over the country, helping kids with cancer and men with ALS and, and different, different events to, to motivate this darn world. But I'll let you know where the downer came from. My dad screwed up on the commercial. He was supposed to say lower, lower. And he screwed up and said downer. <laughs> is that and, and You could still find that on the internet too. I need to replace some of these old commercials. And when you, um, when you, uh, see that commercial you'll see that i look at them and start laughing and we just did it we just went with it so that's where downer came from is that right i had no idea yeah <laughs> and here's the story on the onion so the onion was i would catch the onion and say our prices don't make you cry and so hey how onions make you cry our prices don't make you cry well it was a goofy gimmick and i gave away 50 pounds of onions a day Oh I had local produce companies deliver it and people came for the onions. They were big, sweet Vidalia onions. And the rest is history. You know, uh, Will Ferrell put me on his website, Funny or Die, as his favorite commercial. The Simpsons did a half hour TV show on our exact furniture store. They had the onion in it and everything. And uh, David Letterman put me down on crazy, you know, crazy ads. And so, <laughs> hey, I'll take I'll take David Letterman, Will Ferrell and the Simpsons, right? Yeah, no kidding. Boy, nice to get a little fame. You're, you're 15 minutes of fame in there, right? That's right. That's right. Well, small town, but what's funny, what's funny about this small town is people live here and then they go away, but those commercials stay in you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit, if we if we could, about your, your passion and interest in baseball. How, how did that develop? Is that something you've had uh, from back uh, in childhood? Yeah, so I was, you know, in love with baseball at an early age. I remember some great memories, you know, 9, 10, 11, and, you know, coaches who influenced me. And, and I experienced a little bit of everything, uh, uh, not making my high school team. I went to a school called Brother Rice. There's about 3,000 boys there, and, you know, about 2,000 boys went to the tryout. It was crazy. The coach said, I got to cut like 1,930 of you, you know, or 1,970 of you. It was crazy. And I remember looking at the list and I didn't make it, but, uh, you know, I fell in love with the game and that's, you know, um, I, I got down to Champaign at an early age, you know, about 17 and we started playing softball. And before you know it, I had kids and now I've been coaching for 22 years, kids, baseball, nine, 10, 11 year olds. Well, and one of the things that, that you've done and had a lot of success with is attracting former uh, professional players to come to the Champaign-Urbana area. Uh, so first of all, how, how did that get started and, and what do you do to, to entice these people to, to come and, and spend an afternoon or evening? Yeah, yeah so the whole, um, the whole organization I created, it's called the Champaign Dream Team. And the Champaign Dream, the slogan was dream big. You know, so 
I'm a motivator and I'm always, you know, an optimist and I like to always look at, uh, you know, the, the bright side of things. And I thought, you know what, let me motivate some of these kids. Um, what hurts me is I'm here as a White Sox fan and I always have to bring in Cubs or Cardinals. Okay. But, um, the White Sox just hasn't, there wasn't a need to kind of fill the central Illinois gap. So I think one of the first ones I did was a Disney movie with a guy named Jim Morris, uh, the movie, the rookie. Uh, actually before that, before that, I brought in Jim Abbott, the one arm pitcher. Sure. And, and the reason I brought in Jim Abbott, it was, I, I just liked his story, you know, um, his story of, Hey, he was born this way. And not only did he pitch in college, he pitched in the Olympics, the gold medal game, and then he pitched in the pros. And then if I'm not mistaken, a world series. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the old saying, if you could touch one person, it's worth it. Well, I had a mom call me and her son had one arm and was a pitcher. And, and he, she said to me, you know, do you think we can get the two of them together? And I said, Oh boy, better than that. Let's, I got Jim coming in, you know, the night before let's do dinner. Well, you know, Jim Abbott, Jim Abbott changed that boy, you know, um, basically said something that me and you can't say they were both born this way. And he simply say, he simply said, I was born this way too. get over it, go do it. And really I bumped into this young man several years ago at the gym. This is probably about eight or 10 years after the event. And there he was in the gym and he came and found me and said, man, thank you for that day. And so those ripples just interested me. Um, those ripples of changing the world, you know, one person at a time while, while um, helping our community. So talk about the, the process of, of getting someone to, to come to town. I mean, do, are you basically dealing with agents then or do you deal with the, the actual former players? Yeah. So early on, it's all about the agents and then you have, then you get credibility and then I get cell phone numbers, you know, um, boy, I lost three good people in my phone this last year. Okay. I had Hank Aaron's cell number, Lou Brock's and Bob Gibson. And those are all people that have done their events and, and I lost them all. But um, those were all friends of mine. You know, those were, they became friends. And when they needed an auctioneer, I would always come and do it for them. So there was an instant, um, we were building, I was building a network without even really realizing it. And, uh, you know, one other one that comes to my mind early on, I would see a movie, see whenever I see a movie and it's true, I'm like, hey, I, I love this. So that's how, uh, um, that's how, Jim Morris came around with the Disney movie, The Rookie. But right before that, a year or two, Coach Carter, the movie was out. Mm -hmm. And so I brought the real Coach Carter in. Mm -hmm. And we played at the Virginia Theater for free. I got sponsors. And it was simply um, motivating our youth. And uh, Coach Carter then spoke, and it was a great speech. And, you know, um, I'll never know the data, but you know, what if a couple of those kids are, are in college now playing hoops? You know, I'd love to, I'd love to know that at some point I, I got the data on baseball, but I don't necessarily have it on all the other little things. Right. So you, you mentioned Hank Aaron and we, I don't know how long you've been in Champaign. So this might've been before you were here, but he made an appearance in Champaign. Was that anything you were involved with or was that before you? Um, I, I, I can't remember. It might've been before me. Okay, so I got here in 88. Thinking that but he owned, was car he owned car dealerships, and so it might have been something there. 
I'm thinking it was around late 80s, early 90s. I can tell you exactly where he came to. It was the corner of uh, Neal and Kirby uh, across the street to the east of the McDonald's there. At that time, that building was a, a lighting store. And uh, he came to that, that store. And uh, I, I, could, I know for sure it was after 84. So it was after 84, and I would think by the early 90s. So um, I don't know exactly when, but he, he was just, I remember him, because that was the first time I'd, other than like the caravans that, you know, the Cubs would, would come to Danville and occasionally the Cardinals. Right. So other than those things, that was the first, one of the first times that I had to meet uh, somebody like that, you know, in, in an off-season type setting. And he was just very gracious and, and kind. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I remember, so I would have uh, Ozzy Smith written in his contract when he came to show up the next day for a baseball clinic. And Ozzy would stay for two or three hours and teach the kids. And I'll, I'll never forget this. I never told any of the parents it was happening because then they would tell their grandparents and the news would be there. Ozzy showed up and it was just my 12 kids. And he... I remember telling Ozzy, hey, we got to go. Uh, it's been two and a half hours. Uh, thank you so much. But I had to cut him off. He was so loving it. And he did that for me twice. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, and what's, what's even better sometimes about this nine-year-old and 10-year-old baseball, um, it's very interesting, interesting to me, Fred. Like, they don't care. They don't necessarily have phones yet at eight and nine. They don't um, have boyfriends or girlfriends. They don't care if it's Trump or Biden. They just say, what's up, coach? And it reminds me of when I was young. Um, I have fun. We have pizza days. And then, you know, my kids moved on to football for a minute. And then I brought Jim McMahon and Dick to town. And we raised 20 grand for uh, the Central and our Youth Football League. And so the, the whole thinking on that was I heard someone say, hey, we need some equipment. And I thought, well, let me just throw a party here. And I, I got to know Jim McMahon from doing his events. And she's now Jim McMahon stays at our house, you know, uh, pretty incredible. And we stay at his house when we're in Arizona. <laughs> well, what are some of the challenges of, of getting hooked up with these people and then, you know, fitting it into their schedule? Because obviously, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, don't have a lot of free time uh, at, at some point. Okay, yes, it's the mission. Um, the mission of what I do to dream big, to get these kids to, you know, to, to literally dream big. I'll never forget. I kind of forgot about girls for a minute. And so I hired Jenny Finch in to do an event about 10 years ago. And boy, you know, then we did a clinic at the Mettler Athletic Center that was over here. And, you know, boy, I, I just want to make sure I didn't leave girls out of this mix. And it was an unbelievable event. Jenny was great. And, uh, you know, so boom. There, there we go. Um, but like some of the challenges, you know, I'll give you a big challenge right now. I'm trying to bring Albert Pujols to town for the Challenger League. Well, he has a daughter with Down syndrome. And I thought, hey, you know, I love his story. I love that I support the organizations that he would support with a daughter with Down syndrome. And I thought, you know what, let's do this. Um, and I work with so many, like Muscular Dystrophy Association, MDA. You know, I work with so many kids in wheelchairs that uh, that I really don't complain about anything no more. So when you say challenges, the challenges are I have a dream and then I hope I can get the guy I want. And then I don't necessarily pay for it. We all pay for it by the price of the ticket. And so what I do for the Challenger League is this. 
we create awareness by throwing a party, by bringing a Ryan Sandberg or an Ozzy Smith or, you know, Lou Brock or whoever it so may be. I remember bringing in Lee Smith and Andre Dawson. So we create awareness for them and people come for them. They don't necessarily come for the challenger league, but then we have the opportunity to bring those kids on stage and say, Hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. And did you even know about us? And boy, oh boy, you'll be, you'll be surprised now. I'm, I'm so comfortable with bumping into a kid in a wheelchair and say, Hey, do you know about the challenger league or, or do you know about this? And, um, Sometimes they don't know. So creating awareness is just as, just as important as raising money. And then I call it a party with a purpose. When you could throw a big party and still raise 20, 30 grand for, a, for one of our organizations, it's a win-win. And again, it, it is interesting. If you didn't have those celebrities there, people don't just show up for these, for these parties. You gotta, you gotta stand out and, you know, I've got probably 20 years of throwing these pies. You know, I never really thought about it until you called me how many parties I threw. I tried to start thinking about it and preparing for this conversation. Um, but boy, there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And this last weekend, you know, we'll talk about an epic one. Um, I did one for the police. And, you know, the police is a polarizing subject. But let me tell you what, they're overworked. There's not enough of them. And I believe our leaders are too far to the left or the right. And we need to be center on police. And so what I loved at my event, there was old, young, fat, skinny, black, white, Republican, Democrat, gay, women, men, rookies, retirees, didn't matter. It was a party for the police. Didn't matter what your beliefs were. Um, but I had Lee Greenwood singing Proud to be an American. And he, he cost me $23,000 to sing three songs. Now, again, I didn't pay for it. We all paid for it with the ticket price. And the, the goal, again, was the same thing like I did years ago for girls softball or youth football or the dream team was simply let's throw a big party and let me think about it a charity. So we got to hold a shop with the cop and we did the same thing. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could throw this big party and raise, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 for, for, for shop with a cop. And boy, did we. Lee Greenwood knocked it out of the park. Dog the bounty hunter. Why dog the bounty hunter? because I thought, wow, he'd be pretty fun, you know? So the more I found out about Dog, you know, Dog was arrested before and did jail time, but he had one police officer say something that changed his life. And that's the link why I brought Dog here. And I believe the police officers needed to hear that, like, hey, you know, one cop said something to me and it changed me. And so here I am. And I try to keep politics out of it because, um, you know, I just think it needed to be a morale building party. Um, uh, I had in SEAL Team 6, Robert O'Neill, who, who killed bin Laden. Okay, and that pretty incredible. So what our, what our town had, I'll give you a great example. Um, I brought in Sheriff Clark as well. He might have been the only political one, but basically I brought him in to say, you know, what would you say to police these days? You know, what would you say to, you know, wives whose, whose husbands are, you know, cops? And uh, so he said some very good stuff, but I'll, I'll let you know, um, he put on his website, all these photos or his Facebook. And he said, this is a party for the police that needs to happen all over the country. Uh, and this guy's doing it here in little town of Champaign. And, and, and then someone sent me um, Robert O'Neill's podcast called The Operator, 
And there you go. He's talking for about 20 minutes about how Dog the Bounty Hunter inspired him and, and, and Sheriff, and he met a 1985 Chicago Bear, Dan Hampton, who was one of his favorites. And, and here's Dog the Bounty Hunter looking at Robert O'Neill saying, holy cow, you're my hero. What's funny is I did it all in Champaign, Illinois, and there was, they admired each other on that stage. <laughs> and now I'm going to fly and do Dog the Bounty Hunter's party in, in Nashville for uh, abused women. He takes women right out of, who come out of prison and he helps them. Um, I am helping veterans with Robert O'Neill in Nashville. And so here's what's really interesting, Fred. Once I hire them, then they end up wanting to hire me to go do their event. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. But it all started years ago of dreaming big. And, and the mission is the same for me. I still go to coach kids. And I'll tell you what some parents say to me. They say to me, well, why would you coach a kid without a kid on a team? Like the selfishness out there is unbelievable. And here's why I coach kids. Listen, I don't golf. I don't fish. Some guys go to the bar. Some guys are golfing and fishing. Some guys are doing what they do. I go coach. And that, that's where I, that's where I get my, uh, my time away of somebody that I could um, have it teach some integrity. And I have a platform to, to, to have them dream big, to let them know they could do anything they can. It, it's very interesting to me. You know, I got a lot of college players that are playing college and I got a couple in the pros that I've coached over the years. And, um, you know, one day I might go out onto that field and see one of my players. Mm -hmm. But I have a couple players, they all give back. So the, there's kids in college now who come to my nine-year-old practice. Mm -hmm. And and I guess I'm saying the same thing because I was telling these kids and and then here's the 20-year-old who kind of giggled and said, man, Big Mike taught me the same thing. <laughs> and you know what? I've taken two teams to funerals. I've lost parents. I've I've planted trees in honor of a police officer, you know, he wasn't killed in the line of duty, but he was one of my young men's, one of the young men I coached his dad. His name was Harley Rutledge. The kid's name was Dylan Rutledge. And we planted a tree together and it's at Zon Park by the batting cages. And get a load of this. Next year, we have our reunion. It's been maybe seven, might be eight years. I'm getting all those kids together who are now their first year in college. And we're going to go meet at the tree. So, you know, I'm teaching some life lessons while having them dream big. And you know what? Um, all kids, all, all races. I had one kid, uh, 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 an African-American kid out of Bloomington. I would drive to Bloomington, pick him up, bring back to practice, drive him back to Bloomington to drop him off and drive back. Hmm. And you know what? My wife, my wife uh, understood. And no one knows what the coaches go through. And so what I am as a coach and a coach in life as a leader and, um, and so the fundraising, my dad was a charity auctioneer as well. And so that's where it happened to me. And, um, how did I get involved in this? One day I seen itch Jones at a, at, I was at a baseball banquet years ago and I seen like itch call. Maybe it was heart live up. I'm talking, I don't know, 15 years ago it was before their big thing. I do their big events now, uh, but it was before they brought celebrities in. And I seen Dan struggling up there or itch and I got up and I did it. And then, you know, everybody said, wow, you should do this. And it took me about 10 years after that to officially do it. But you know what? I want to help our community. And so, you know, 
I created an organization, and this is what I would love you to know about. It's called HELP, Helping Everyone Love People, HELP. And so what's interesting about charity events, we don't ask if you're a Republican or a Democrat or who you voted for, your house burned and we're coming together as a community to help you. And so none of this craziness of the world applies to these things. Uh, we leave it all away for a little bit. It's like going to a good movie. Um, and so I'm inspired by people. I'm inspired by baseball, but then I'm inspired to, uh, to get kids to dream big. And really that's what it's all about, Fred. I'm wondering, have you ever had any unusual requests when you get these people to come in? They'll say, well, I'll come if you'll do this or if you'll provide that, uh, anything along those lines or not? No, you know, um, how that really works is this, this event I did, you know, this last year or two was a really heavy duty one because, you know, you got a SEAL Team 6, you know, kill Bin Laden. And so there was a lot of hoops to jump through to get someone like that because, you know, Secret Service, different things like this. You know, I imagine if you're the guy who killed Bin Laden, people want to still come after you, okay? Um, but, you know, once in a while, here's how that really works. They have a... Uh, an agent or a handler. And, you know, you hear all these stories about like, I want green M&Ms, pull the red ones out. And I want, I want this, 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 right. this. Right. I do get that once in a while, but once I meet the celebrity, really all that stuff goes away. People are people. And it's like Lee Greenwood. All right. Every 4th of July sitting over here at the assembly hall, we play, you know, proud to be an American. And um, I get goosebumps and I always think like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to hear this guy play it live? Well, then I'm listening to, um, you know, again, uh, Robert O'Neill's podcast. And he's like, listen, I was sitting front row of the guy who sings proud to be an American. And he was blown away. Like it was, holy cow, I'm, I'm influencing the SEAL Team 6 guy. And so getting back to your question, do I get any crazy requests? Once in a while, it's more about... Um, the structure of, of maybe what their needs are. Hey, I need a room. I need 250 bucks per day. You know, I need some, I need a black vehicle to pick me up. I'm not quite sure, you know, what's up with that, but that black SUV. Uh, otherwise, every one of the celebrities I brought in, you know, Sandberg, you know, all these guys now I, I have their, you know, cell phone numbers. So I texted Sandberg and I said, Hey, I want to do something again in Champagne, and he's he's been at one of mine, so he knew, you know, he knew what it was all about. Okay, so the speed painter John Jansky, right here from Danville, Illinois, is unbelievable. And every time I do an event with a celebrity, I have him do his magic, and then we auction them off, and they get autographed. And so um, every time he does one, the celebrity wants one. I mean, that's how good it is. And so when the Cubs won the World Series. I didn't quite know. I took a chance like this could be the Cubs year. And before they even made the playoffs, I signed David Ross, Sandberg and Schwarber. And Schwarber just, you know, became a kind of a, a favorite of mine that I'd like to go to the White Sox someday, but we'll see. <clears throat> and so, um, boy, the Cubs end up winning the World Series. And then I was like, well, I hope, you know, David Ross and you know, Schwarber show and I'll be darned they did. Schwarber sat front row. I was auctioning off Tom Petty tickets to go to a concert with me and Schwarber bought them. Okay. Basically loved me and wanted to go out with me and, and we had a great time. 
And, and then it's funny, just like I told you, then they end up hiring me to do their event. So here's a good Kyle Schwaber story. I said to him, um, he says, yeah, what do I owe you for doing your event? And I said, you don't owe me nothing. Um, but I got two, two college kids, you know, two college kids that I would love uh, that play baseball. And I'd love you to do some hitting lessons with him just once. He took him in Wrigley for about two, three hours. He met me at Wrigley, met my son and his buddies and basically took swings. And Schwarber was the pitcher. He was behind the net pitching to him. And I said to Schwarber, you know, when's the last time you've been behind the net, you know, throwing BP? And he said, I never, <laughs> you know, and, and basically we helped each other out and, I hit it off with Schreiber really well because, you know, his whole family's his first re first responders, his family, including his like mom and dad and sister are all cops or firemen. And, and, and so um, the party ended up being epic, a hall of fame cub player, Sandberg <laughs> with David Ross and Schreiber, and they just won the world series and here they are in champagne. Wow. And, uh, yeah, you know what's on my mind right now is to get uh, who's the catcher that just got traded to the Cardinals? Contreras. He would be a Cubs Cardinals person, you know. That'd be and great. So I, I think um, you know, I don't know what Cub fans think about Contreras for going over there, but like um, it's kind of like um, I think he's got love on both sides right now or respect. You know, Cubs fans might give him a round of applause and say, "Hey, thanks." Uh. But yeah, that's that. I think that answers your question there. It's more about now I have what I call street cred. All right. Being that I did 10 events, um, I'm going after Jeff Foxworthy to be a 15 minute comedian at my next event. And 15 years ago, I worked with Foxworthy right here in Champaign. We brought um, Walter Payton to town and we did an event with a guy named Matt George, a good friend of mine called Ace Leukemia. And I'll be darned, I think that's maybe where it all really started at that event. Walter ended up coming out with us. And I'll never forget this. My brother couldn't stay. So I had Walter Payton call his wife, which didn't work, believe it or not. Like he still had to leave. But it was just, <laughs> it was a funny story and helping kids, but getting celebrities to do it. And I'll never forget Jeff Foxworthy was playing his event uh, here at the U of I years ago. And again, I'm talking, it could be 20 years now. Um, he says, you know, you're a redneck when you're buying your furniture at this is it furniture. <laughs> and then start, you know, started off his whole thing with that. <laughs> oh man. Hey, before you go, one other player, I want to ex player. I want to ask you about that. You brought in, this is probably around 2013 or 14. Uh, you had Pete Rose at the uh, holiday Inn in Urbana. Talk a little bit about, uh, about having Pete here. Yeah, absolutely. Can you still hear me? Good. Yes. Okay. So Pete was on my list and I'll tell you why Pete was on my list. I got to meet him once and I thought, you know what? Um, I know this is a little risky right now of being a Pete Rose in because of gambling and so forth, but I'm a baseball guy. And I thought, you know what? Um, you know, so different than a steroid era, you know, uh, uh, from, you know, you gotta make those hits and he was just a hustler and he hustled but I knew that that could cause a little bit of tension because, Hey, I'm raising money for special needs kids. And Hey, you brought this guy in. Well, let me tell you what he won the whole crowd over. He said to me, I, he said to the crowd that night, I don't know if you were there, Fred. He said, you know what? Even the guy who shot the Pope got a second chance for some reason. 
I bet that I'm going to beat you. He never bet that we're going to lose. He bet that I'm going to beat you. And, you know, I look 20 years later here, or, or excuse me, however many years later, and all these places are making money gambling now. Every kid's gambling on their phone, and every baseball stadium is going to get gambling. And basically, boy, they should just let them in because now they're making billions off of it. And, and really, that's my two cents. He was great. He was as good as any of the guys. Um, and you know what? Um, we did a painting of him. He wanted a painting. It's so funny. It's like this thing just keeps going round and round. He said something funny about me. He said, Big Mike, you'd make coffee nervous. <laughs> you know, my energy. Uh-huh. And um, I became friends with Pete. You know, when I'm at, whenever I'm in Vegas, I'll call him and say, you want to go get a steak? And, and um, it's just, I'm a real person. I'm a real person trying to make a difference. I don't, I don't sit him in a corner and say, here's 150 things to sign. These things never come up. And I think I gain a lot of respect from people that way. But yet they do signings and things and take pictures while that's part of it. Yeah, they do, they do that stuff. But like, um, that's last thing on my mind. Okay. Um, uh, I don't need 25 Pete Rose signatures and I don't go sell them. I, I am interested. You know, what's interesting is I always get a few. And then someone always asks me, hey, I wish I could have got a signature. Here you go. I got one. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I brought Bob Gibson in, let me tell you what, there was some people that met Bob Gibson. That was their bucket list. They would listen to Bob Gibson pitching a game on their radio on the porch as a kid. And then to meet Bob Gibson, I mean, it was it was epic stuff for some people. And I'm talking 80 year old men. And so I'm motivating 80 year old men and I'm motivating eight year old kids. And old, young, fat, skinny, black, white, Republican, Democrat, boy, don't matter. Um, I believe charity events like this should happen all over the country because none of that stuff plays part. And let's talk about making me feel good. This is what I do. I lay in bed sometimes at night and say, man, that was a good one. And, and I have gratification. And I believe the world's missing a little bit of gratification of, um, of helping others, you know, I take all the risk on these parties and it always works. I've never had one, you know, not work, knock on wood. But um, what else is very cool is I might not ever meet the person I helped, but, but, right. but I know I'm trying. Exactly. Well, we're just glad that you're based in Champaign-Urbana and, and bring some <laughs> to uh, people around this area. So, well, Big Mike, before I let you go, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah. All right. I'm going to check real quick. Can you hear me loud and clear? Absolutely. Hey, this is Big Mike and this is It Furniture. Now it's called Big Mike's. I'm still selling mattresses and I'm helping kids around the country make a difference to dream big. I'm still doing it. Now it's called Mega Events. So I'm selling beds. I'm doing Mega Events. Listen, uh, my next 20 years are going to be the best ones. So be ready. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Okay. Mike, thanks again for your time. We've been talking today with Mike Namoff. Uh, who's just done so much for the Champaign-Urbana community and uh, sounds like is planning for another 20 years. So uh, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll certainly be in touch again, Mike. Thank you very much. Th thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.